home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. They are kicking off very soon here. Saskatchewan and Winnipeg Friday Night Football in the CFL. Rangers lead the Blue Jays 1-0 in the middle of the fourth. Second round at the U.S. Open. All right, so now we got a tie for the lead. Wyndham Clark is 9-under. He is finished for the day. Ricky Fowler is playing the 14th hole. He is 9-under. Rory McIlroy is finished for the day. He's 8-under for the tournament. Xander Shoffley has five holes left. He is 8-under for the tournament. So uh, that is the top of the leadboard. Harris English is 7-under. Uh, and the top Canadian is now Mackenzie Hughes at even par. He's done for the day. Corey Connors has uh, dropped back to even as well. So they're both tied for 31st. All right. We got the Elks tomorrow at the BC Lions. 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff. And a game coming up at 5. The uh, matchups between these two teams last season uh, did not go well for the double E, of, but of course the Lions do not have that entire team back from last year, though they did look pretty good in beating Calgary last uh, Thursday to start the CFL season. Dave Campbell, my friend and the producer of this show, has traveled to Vancouver to broadcast tomorrow's game. Dave, how are you doing? I am great from the sunny West Coast, uh, Reed. How are you doing? Is it actually sunny? It is actually sunny, which is, uh, I think it's calm before the... Uh, usual rain comes in vancouver although this time of year it's it's pretty nice but uh, it's supposed to be cool and a little unsettled but uh that's why they have a dome here Reed. they don't have to worry about that stuff, so the so. dome now uh is retractable yeah and it's actually like a big cloth napkin they fold up into a container hanging over midfield yes which is better than the pressurized pillow they had in in here before so let me tell you a story how you get into the facility because it's airlocked, okay? So you go in, there used to be a first set of doors. They open up, boom, and then you have to wait until that set of doors close before you could open up the other set of doors that was actually in the facility. Because if you didn't, you would mess up the pressurization, uh, and then the, the little pillow could, could sag a little bit, right? So, uh, like, read the first time, the first time I, I, I went to BC Place was in 2006, and I was really excited because that's the one place I really wanted to go and see. And, you know, I think there's a bit of nostalgia because the 87 Grey Cup when uh, yeah. when, when, the, when the double E beat the Argos and, you know, gives his long return and, you know, the, uh, the Jerry Corrick 49-yard uh, field goal to win the Grey Cup. And I went inside and I went, okay, first of all, I can't breathe. Like, it's just, it's just awful air. Then I look up and I go, wow, that pillow needs to be vacuumed real, real bad. Uh, so, and I remember walking into BC Place when they renovated it after the Olympics because they had a bag full load of Olympic money. And they said, let's redo, let, 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 let's redo uh, or renovate uh, BC Place, uh, which was the plan all along. And when I went back in there, I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, it, it, it was just so bright. It was... Uh, it was uh, breathable. I mean, uh, they could open the windows. Uh, they have little vents, I guess. They look like windows, but they're vents, and you can uh, vent in the, the ocean air. It, it was fantastic. So, uh, yes, the, it, it's basically uh, basically like a tablecloth that you can uh, just roll up, 
and then if uh, you know if you need to you know retract it back and put the tablecloth back on the the, the old uh, upside down beer the beer can or beer uh, bottle lid uh, you can do that as well it, it, it's a fun facility okay so they the, the pressure thing is not an issue anymore even if the, no. even if they have the tablecloth spread open that is okay. correct yeah they don't utilize air pressure so i don't have to stand inside that door for like 30 seconds <laughs> uh, i went to a game there i think in 2000 or 2001 mm-hmm. and i just remember it seemed like the the walk on a on the you know kind of the spiral ramp was really long to get in and out uh yes i do remember that as well i think yep. uh yeah anyway all right so they're there tomorrow uh they got obliterated there last year uh oh. was it 56 10 or something like that it was really bad first game of the season 59 15 and oh man I, I it's funny because I wrote I wrote a story on it yesterday, and I, I I guess it's just me and my coping mechanism that I forgot the other scores. But <laughs> I think I think it was like forty six, fourteen if I'm correct on August sixth, and then I mean the game at home was a little closer if you want to call what was it like thirty. 37, 14 or something like that. But uh, and then the uh, year before. Uh, the season before was the end of the seven, three and seven road trip, and uh, the Elks were, you know, obliterated that night too, forty-three ten. So they have uh, been outscored at something crazy like one hundred and seventy-six to fifty-nine, something like that. The last four games. Wow. If you want to find the piece, you can go to six dot com slash the Elks page. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, so for the Elks, we we know the story coming out of the week one loss against the Riders. So a, a pretty good defense. Uh, offense, despite a couple exciting plays, just not good enough. Are, are they making any changes here, or are they coming back with the same starting lineup, do you think? They are coming back with the exact same starting lineup, which I don't think ever happened last year. Injuries was a big part of that as well. Um, they're going to ride with the with the group, and they want continuity. They want to have a group that will grow together, and uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to give that the, the group the opportunity for sure. So, um, I think we can agree on offense. They're better than that. Although the quarterback in Taylor Cornelius has to play better, the offensive line has to play better, and you know, I think Chris Jones even put the, the challenge out to his offensive coordinator Stephen McAdoo and say, and say, look, we need to stay on the field. So. Like, we're trying to set up these long throws, and if the offensive line can't block, um, we can't do it. So let's just find a way to stay on the field. Let's find a way to get our run game involved more, and uh, I'll add to the run game is I think we're going to see Shannon Brooks more tomorrow. That's the belief I have. And uh, But, you know, I mean, that offense is too good for them to uh, flounder like they did last week. Now, it was one week. They didn't have a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of time. Well, they had a lot of time in camp, but they were, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of time in a game situation. And I always find that training camp spills over into the first few weeks of the uh, regular season. Uh, you know, so I think it takes a, you know, a game or two, maybe a, maybe a, a you know, two or three games for, I think, for, especially on offenses, to you know, really start to gel. All right. Well, th- th- I hope they can gel because. 
that that was tough. I mean, I know we've analyzed the, the play on the one yard line to death, but they they did they didn't move the ball enough to win, even though they nope. they didn't score in that situation. I mean, they they had uh, half their passing yards on one play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the ball for almost 10 minutes in the first quarter and only wound up at like 26 and a half for the game. So that tells you something there too. Okay. So let's talk about Cornelius. It's, and as much as Brock Sutherland, uh, Sunderland's tenure as GM did not go well, he said something very wise on this show. He said, people say the CFL is a quarterback league. He said, well, actually football is a quarterback sport. You know, it's not just, it's not just (laughs) the CFL where you need a good quarterback. Corny didn't play well enough. Is there nope. any, and, you know, his record as a starter is, what is it now, 4-15, and 15, something like that? Not no, all on him because we've had some teams with not a lot of talent the last two years. Yeah. But he, he wasn't hitting his spots. He was throwing low. He underthrew a lot of guys. Do you have any sense that they are ready to go to Loxley quickly if Corny doesn't start well? I don't think they're going to go quickly to Loxley. I think the score of the game will depend a lot of on, on the leash as well, but um, I think they're going to give a long leash to Taylor Cornelius. Um, but, you know, I was asked this question earlier in the week. If the Elks are down, say, two possessions at halftime and it's not going well, do you make the switch? And I said, yep, I would make the switch. Um, now, Chris Jones, we know, is patient to a point, right? He will, he will stick with someone but he has to make sure it's working. And if he doesn't feel it's working, we know he'll change, right? So I think there is some pressure on Taylor Cornelius. I, I'll use this expression over a short leash. The walls are starting to close in on Taylor Cornelius. And I'll correct the record. He's 4-17. and 17. So it's worse, than what, it's worse than what you thought. <laughs> so, and you're right. It's, it's not all his fault, right? I mean, the quarterback record is win-loss record. It's kind of a useless stat. But, you know, for me, I think it's, it's back to Taylor Cornelius trusting what's around him, is his talent. And, yes, look, this is not the best offensive line in the league. They, they, they are not a good offensive line, I would say. I'd say they're an offensive line that is growing. But they struggled last week. Um, but he has to trust, and the play caller has to trust in what he has around him. And even if you're going to play the, I know you love this, you love this, I'd say facetiously because you don't, but if you have to play the quick, short passing game and get the run involved, then do it. Because I think staying on the field is a good is a good method of defense as well. So, and we saw it was used, a lot in in the first tenure with Chris Jones and Stephen McAdoo, 14 and 15 with Michael Riley, and it wasn't always pretty, but it was effective. They were tough, they were physical, and you know, I don't think this whole line is tough and physical. That that I'll just say it right. I think they have a lot of work to do in that area, but there are ways you can get the ball out of your quarterback's hands fast, and there are playmakers on this team that can still hurt defenses. And, you know, uh, I, they just, they just got to stay on the field. You, you read the time of possession numbers, and, yeah, 10 minutes plus in the first quarter, second and third quarter, they were sub-nine minutes. That's just not, that's just not going to win you football games. And yet they had a chance to win. Like, that's the crazy thing is the defense put, gave it to them on a silver platter, and they blew it on the one-yard line. Right. Well, and that's the th- and that's the thing. I mean, the defense had a good game. I know there was a long drive. There was a 102-yard drive, 
but they didn't get a touchdown. And yep. then, uh, yeah, the defense didn't stop them after the uh, the goal line stand. But you wonder if fatigue was a factor in that. And the Riders pulled out a couple of running plays that they hadn't used earlier in the game when they when yep. they needed them, right? So, yep. yeah, I mean, I think 17 points and 309 yards against should be enough to uh, to get you in most nights. Uh, give me another player you're watching for the Elks tomorrow. Uh, who am I watching for the Elks tomorrow? Probably, you know, it, I, I, I'm going to mention him again. I think Shannon Brooks should be a difference maker. Yep. Um, I, I'm going to throw Kevin Brown in there too because Kevin Brown yesterday said, I did not play well. I probably had my worst game as an Elk. And I asked Chris Jones about that as well. And he said, yep, we, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the usual, wasn't the usual performance you get from KB. Um, so I'm looking at the running backs to see if they can make a difference. But I want to see Shannon Brooks to see uh, what he can do against that defense. Because the change of pace, he's, uh, he's a lot more power. He's going to, He's going to definitely, uh, you know, break tackles. I think a, a bit more at a, at a uh, more of a rate than Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown's more of a slasher. Brooks is more of a, a punisher, and I think that can be really good, right? So, um, I think I'm looking to see what difference that uh, Shannon Brooks can make, and I'll throw in Kevin Brown there as well because, you know, I think I don't think the run game was was utilized enough, but I don't think Kevin Brown had a great game either. He took wrong gaps. He made he had a couple uh, runs where he even went back because he made the wrong decision. And uh, let's see what the run game can do against this uh, against this line defense. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. We're going to get more on the Lions coming up here with Julio Caravada. They they still look good, but I, but I also wonder if they're quite as potent as they were last year. So uh, we'll see how it's going to shake down. All right, glad you had a good travel day, buddy. Uh, enjoy. Are you getting some sushi tonight? You're in Vancouver. Oh, you know I don't eat seafood. I don't. I don't eat that sushi's stuff. good. No, don't tell me about that stuff. I just I'm All good. Right. I'm good with my cheeseburger and I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> A little pizza. <laughs> That's great. A little lasagna. You know, I know I'm by the ocean. Did I tell you this story once that uh, when we were in uh, Atlanta, Canada, for a touchdown Atlantic, the very first one, Morley and I took a day trip to Charlottetown, and we uh, ate uh, on this seaside uh, cafe, which was in a lighthouse, old old lighthouse. So Morley ordered salmon, and I ordered lasagna, and he looked at me, and he says, we are in Atlantic Canada, by the ocean, in this lovely, lovely cafe, and you're going to have lasagna. And I said, Morley, if they didn't want lasagna on the menu, they wouldn't have put it on the menu. <laughs> they thought of people like me. It's Yes, it's an option, so... Okay, well, I uh, I understand both your points of view, I suppose. Does that make me lame? I am who I am. Well, you, you like what you like. That's okay. All right. Exactly. I'm as picky as my seven-year-old son. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and happy Father's Day. But you and I will be in touch tomorrow, man. Have a good broadcast. Yes, we will, buddy. Okay, take care. Thanks. Dave Campbell in Vancouver for the Elks and the Lions. Tomorrow, coverage on 6.30. Chet starts with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Game is at 5. Inside Sports on Chet. with Rick Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. More Van Halen, Kellen. Yes, uh, where have all the good times gone? From Diver Down.
right. Classic. 780-496-0063. We, uh, we got to play this again. This was uh, Brendan Escott at Elks practice yesterday talking to defensive back Lucius Purefoy, starting with the uh, message after the week one loss. On to the next. The next one is the biggest one. So the, the one we just the one we just gave up in the past. We on the BC now. You got to be happy holding Saskatchewan to just 17 points in that Week One uh, game. What did you like about how the defense played? I won't say I'm happy with it because they scored on us. So f that I ain't happy. Uh, but we played fast and physical. That's what we need to do. We made a little mistakes. We got to get out the field when it's time for us to get out the field. They stayed on the field way too long at the end. So that's what we harping on right now. Getting out the. F giving our offense another chance to score. Some younger members of that defensive secondary. Talk to me about how they're adjusting to the CFL game. They're adjusting. They see how fast they go. They see how the game is offensive game, especially after the last week, the first, first drive we got, what, two passing defense penalties? So they, they realize, like, it's, it's a game of offense, so they got to lock in a little bit more, play a little bit more physical, but they got to learn how to get their hands off at the right time. You've been watching film, obviously, with uh, Vernon Adams putting up some numbers against Calgary in week one. Talk about the challenges that BC presents to you guys as a defense. I got to come in. We'll leave you with this. Anything to say about the fact that this is a team that cut you in the offseason? I ain't got to come in. I'll see y'all Saturday. He ain't got to come in. See y'all Saturday. Couple F bombs. Lucius Purifoy. He's ready to go. Game's coming up tomorrow. And yes, the Lions did let him go in the offseason. I was talking to Dave Campbell. No roster changes for the Elks despite the loss in week one. Here's head coach Chris Jones. Well, let's let's knock on wood. I mean, last year we had, you know, seven, at this juncture last year we had seven to eight defensive starters that weren't playing. And I mean, so uh, I'm looking forward to being able to carry the same group of men into this game and, uh, and do battle. All right. Well, uh, can they win this battle? Tough go for the Elks. Uh, as you know, uh, they, they oddly enough, they were 4-5 and five on the road last season. <laughs> if, you, if you would have said at the start of last year they went 4-5 and five on the road, you might think, oh, they might have a half-decent team. But, of course, they did win a home game. Tough, tough test, though, against the Lions. We'll get a view from their broadcast booth with Julio Caravada in a few minutes. Uh, about 10 minutes into the game in Regina, Blue Bombers leading the Rough Riders 3-0. At Freedom Mobile, 